The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you've joined for this broadcast today. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about what he wants to do in you and in me. The Holy Spirit is also God. He is a person. The Holy Spirit has all of the faculties of a person, just as Jesus did. He has intelligence. He has compassionate love. He has a will all his own. He is a person. But before he comes to live in us, he must be given full possession of our bodies, of our minds, of our spirit. Let's pray together as we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you were sent to teach us about Jesus. You were sent to, by the blood of Jesus Christ, sanctify us and make us holy. Lord, I pray now I pray, Holy Spirit, that now you would come and dwell in us. And I pray that whatever the work is that needs to be accomplished, you would quickly do that in my heart and in my brothers and sisters. Lord, we struggle because we are very much in our own identity in our own life, in our own mind. And all of this needs to change. We must have the mind of Jesus. We must learn to walk with you, Holy Spirit, giving you full authority over our physical body, over our emotions and our spirit. Lord, would you come now Would you meet us? Lord, I just give this broadcast to you now in the name of Jesus. And I ask, would you exercise your authority over us? Mighty God, come quickly and minister to our hearts. Thank you. Almighty One of Israel, have your way today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I want the entire time to just focus on who He is and what He's doing, what He wants to do in you and me. 
the greatest desire of my heart is that I could walk according to the Spirit that I might be taught about Jesus. Now, Jesus, we all know, is in heaven. He is in the throne room. He's in the tabernacle of heaven. So in some ways, he seems very far away. But the Holy Spirit comes to minister Jesus to us. And he is very close. I want to read several scriptures for you today as an intro, and then we're going to go directly to Romans, the eighth chapter. But let's begin in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. I'll begin reading in verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Now, this is a very difficult idea to get a hold of and to begin to understand that I don't belong to me, that I was purchased that I belong to Jesus or I belong to the devil, but I don't belong to Ray. The greatest hindrance to our coming to Jesus is our not recognizing that we do not own ourselves, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit or we are the temple of the devil. His spirit lives in us, or Jesus' spirit lives in us. They are both spirits, one created and one divine. In chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says the same thing, just in a little different way. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. So we are the temple of God. And he wants to come and take full possession of what is his. And that means that self must go to the cross. Now, this is going to be the most difficult part of what I have to share with you today and tomorrow. Because all of us want to keep ourself and have the Holy Spirit too. We want to have ourself, our self-life. Can I be very front, forward, frank? We want our self-life. Our self-life is, I'm free to go and do and be and speak and act any way I choose. No, I'm not free. Not if myself has been crucified with Christ. Romans 6. And I now walk in the fullness of the Spirit. Let 
Look with me at the book of, of Romans quickly. Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12. He's speaking here in the context of what is the church. And the realization that we are one body. The church is one body. Today, the church is not one body. It's split apart in many different denominations and sects. But on the day Jesus comes, he's only going to have one body. He's only going to have one church. I urge you, chapter 12, verse 1, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Well, where was the sacrifice? Where was it offered? As you come into the desert tabernacle, the first article of furniture you came to, was that altar of burnt offering. He's saying, offer yourselves on that altar of burnt offering as a living martyr for God. Holy and pleasing. This is your spiritual act of worship. Your spiritual act of worship is not giving money. It's not doing anything for anyone except first I have laid my life down on the altar burnt offering I have given up self I spoke with this with the young woman this morning and it became very clear by her actions that she has said, Jesus, I will trust this issue with you. And then she reached out and she grabbed it back and she really messed it up. And I had to say to her, you let self step in and begin to rule and you cause destruction for yourself, for what your heart desired. And she recognized it quickly. When I've done this, and I've, I've done this so many times in my past, where I see something, I see someone, I want it, I want a friendship with, I want to own this, I want to have that, I want to go here. And so I just do it. That's self. It's this self that has to be laid on the altar of burnt offering. Offering my body, myself, as a living sacrifice. I'm not going to die physically. I'm going to die to that inner self that rules with an iron fist in what I think and what I do and where I go. Some of you have been hurt by religious people. Some of you have been turned off by hypocritical Christians. Some of you have 
had an embittered spirit toward Jesus and you just say, I'm done with it, I'm gone. I'm not going to do anything with that. And the result of that is that you you rule. And it causes you to be very distant with the Lord. It causes you to not give this spiritual act of worship, which is to give up yourself, to lay it on that altar. And some of you have been fighting for years over this issue with God. You know he's calling you. You know he wants you to lay your life down for him. But there are things you love, and you know that if you surrender to Jesus entirely, he's not going to keep those things. He's going to take them out of your heart and out of your life. Oh, he'll do it with your permission, but he will ask you your permission. And if you hang on to those things, and yourself is in charge of your life, the Holy Spirit is not going to come and dwell in you. Do not conform any longer. This is Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform, that is, do not fashion any longer your heart and your life to the pattern of this age or this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that is, the renovation of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That word transformed in the Greek is metamorphous, and you know what that means. Appear as a new person with new habits, new worship, new service, new person, a radical change. A through and through complete change, both outward and inward. He's saying, do not conform any longer. Do not pattern yourself any longer after this, this age, this world. But metamorphous, be changed, be transformed into a new creature. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. Now, it shouldn't take you your whole life to come into this place where you're willing to utterly lay your life down and let the Lord have what he wants. But the fight is on. The the self of man, the self of woman, is incredibly strong. It's not easy for a man or a woman to die. We want to hang on to what we perceive as life. But if we are going to have the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're going to have to let go of the control of relationships, of work, of life, and we're going to have to go to Jesus 
and we're going to have to let the Holy Spirit take over and control every aspect of our heart. Colossians, the third chapter. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, in the King James Version, it says, mortify, shame. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he begins to give the hit list of what belongs to that earthly nature. Let me share the hit list with you. Number one, sexual immorality. That is, every kind of sexual immorality. Whether it be pornography, whether it be fornication, whether it be adultery, I know already that some of you are living with someone you're not married to. Some of you are engaged in sexual activity with someone that you're not married to. And you justify it by saying, oh, we're engaged. No, you're not married. You're not married. So he's saying if If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to put to death these things that belong to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Do you recognize what all of those things fit in the class of? They are what the... Self wants to reach out and grab to comfort and please me. So the focus is on me, not on Jesus. That's why Paul says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It says, verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things. And then he gives another hit list, a very interesting one. Anger. He's saying, let go of your anger. Well, when do I get angry? When I don't get my way when someone does something that doesn't please me. Rage. That's anger on steroids. Malice. Holding bitter thoughts and bitter feelings toward another person. That blocks the Holy Spirit. He's not going to come and dwell in you when you're still in charge of your emotions and you're guarding 
self. Let me just say it. And then we're going to go through it and you're going to see it in the scripture. The greatest danger to your eternity and the thing which will cause you to go to hell if you do is this thing called self-life. I'm in charge. I can do it my way. You mess with me. I'll get even. I'll be angry. I'll find a way to cut you down. That's why the next one on the list is slander. You know, it's interesting. You're in a conversation with somebody. You can very cleverly drop just a few words into a sentence about somebody and in the process totally devalue them. That's called slander. Filthy language. One person who's a Christian, but still very much in self, said, Pastor, I I see I'm not cursing as often. Well, the filthy language needs to totally be removed from our hearts so that there's nothing in us that even imagines wanting to curse. Filthy language. I'm so disappointed when I hear people who call themselves Christians using the F word. It's filthy. These are indicators that you're not walking in the spirit, that you're walking in your flesh. He says, do not lie to each other. Even when it's to your advantage, don't lie. Be transparent, speak the truth, be responsible for what you have said and done, and don't lie about it. Don't pretend you didn't say it, or don't pretend you didn't do it. Be honest about it. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. In other words, he's saying, look, you have to be made again, all new. We call it being born again. It should not be a long process. It should be a short process where we come to the Lord and we say, look, I'm done with me. I want you. And we surrender. We give it up. Now, when we come over here to the book of Romans, He opens by saying, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How do I enter into Jesus? By allowing the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, to put to death my self-life. Because, verse 2, because through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I am free of sin and death. 
those no longer rule over my life. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Again, here in Romans 8, we're going to hear several terms for this life of sin. One is the self-life, one that we just read, is the sinful nature. We are called to live according to the Holy Spirit. It means literally today, I have to let go of the control of every area of my heart, except I set my mind and my heart on Jesus. Stop trying to force your husband. Stop trying to force your wife to do anything. Stop trying to to brutally attack your children. If anything will make me angry, it's when I'm in a store or I'm in a church or I'm at somebody's home and they begin to jerk their child around and scream at them makes God angry. The scriptures are clear. Do not embitter your children. Yes, correct them. Yes, even give them a spanking. I believe in in spankings. <laughs> if you look carefully the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, chapter, you'll find that Jesus will give his people whippings. I've had many of them. I don't like to go to the woodshed. But he's taken me there many times because he had to correct me and set me right. I praise God for that because it's bringing a harvest of righteousness in my life. It's vital that you hear what I'm saying to you today. That you've got to give up the control of your family, not the counseling not the suggestions. Give up the judgments. Give up saying, you're wrong. And condemning. If there is now no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus, how can I have condemnation toward my brother or my sister? No, everything flows out of a heart of love. That love is not sentimentalism. That love is wanting the very best for that person and doing what will bring forth for them the very best result. Sometimes it's tough love, but it's always love. How do I know when it's love, when it has nothing to do with self? When I don't have a dog in the race when I don't have a pony in the race, when I when I have no mixed motives, I am simply desiring what Jesus wants for that precious person. So I don't have to be harsh. I don't have to be mean. I don't have to be condemning. 
I don't have to create drama. Some of you are great at creating drama. Ooh, you can be off to the races in a moment with your drama. Jesus hates that drama. One person said to me, Pastor, I have to be ready to cuss my husband out. It's the only way I can straighten him out. I have to be really mad with him. Whoa, I said. You don't trust Jesus at all, do you? Well, that's in another part of my life. No, it's not. Oh, do you hear me? Stop judging your family. Stop trying to control who they are and what they are. Stop trying to control your people at work. Stop trying to control life. Give it to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in and take over and get self crucified with Christ. Listen. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You may call yourself a wonderful Christian. And it may appear that way to many people. But if you're still walking in self-control and trying to control others, you are walking in your sinful nature. You are not walking in Jesus. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but in the spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Do you notice, it doesn't say, if you disagree with the theology of Jesus, if you disagree with the theology of your pastor. No, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Jesus. And to belong to Jesus and have the Spirit means that you have crucified self. You've crucified your desires and your wants and your ambitions and your dreams. You've let it all go. And now your whole focus is Jesus and winning as many as possible and going to that eternal home above. Oh, but pastor, you've got to go out and do these wonderful things. No, I don't. I've got to do what the Spirit of God says I'm to do. I've got to obey the Holy Spirit. I don't obey my flesh. Now, please, again I say to you, I have so many times in the past done exactly what my spirit, what I wanted to do, what myself wanted to do. And every time, 
I've ended up in loss. Oh, it looked like I was being very successful for quite a period of time. But finally, my spirit became so exhausted and so dead and so lonely for Jesus that I finally cast it all out and came back to Jesus. What is it today that you need to cast out that stands between you and Jesus that is flowing out of your self-life? You know what I mean, don't you, by self-life? I'll go do what I want to do. I'll go wherever I want to go. It may even be a good place, but it's what you want, not what Jesus wants. But Jesus is way off in heaven. No, he's right here in the spirit of the living God. And he wants to live in you. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. If you want the Spirit of God to dwell in you, if you want the Spirit of God to come and quicken and heal your mortal body, then Paul is saying in Romans 8, you're going to have to put to death, you're going to have to go to that altar of burnt offering. You're going to have to put self to death. You're going to have to give up you, your self-life. Now, I'm going to be very frank with you. There are times in the past when I've chosen to go live in my self-life. And the blessings of God continue to flow into my life. How is that possible? Because it is through kindness that the Holy Spirit tries to call us to repentance. So don't say, well, I have these wonderful blessings from Jesus. How can I be doing anything wrong? Very easy. Those blessings are signs of his kindness to you. And he's asking you to repent for that self-life and to give yourself totally and completely into his hands. There will come a day if you continue to live in your self-life, that Jesus will turn you over to it. He will give you over to yourself. And then his blessings will stop. And you will be on your own. Can I say this? Don't tempt God. Don't tempt God to leave you. You look at the story of Balaam. God did everything he could in his kindness to save Balaam. But in the end, what Balaam really wanted, he obeyed, he didn't curse Israel, God told him not to, and he didn't. But in the end, what Balaam really wanted was money. And so when God sent Israel to punish 
Moab for their wickedness. They killed Balaam. He was with the king of Moab. And God gave him over to the sword. Now listen to this. And this is the heart of what I need to say to you today. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. In other words, we have a debt. But it is not to the sinful nature. Some of you think you have an obligation to your sinful nature. You think you're supposed to perform a certain way for certain people. You're supposed to say things and do things in accordance with what they want in your life. You're a pleaser. I spoke to one young man. I said to him, you're a pleaser. You're a chameleon. You want to blend in and be liked by the social company you keep. The problem is you're keeping social company with ungodly men and women. And those ungodly men and women want to go do what their natural self wants to do. But you've learned, don't go with them and go to that casino or don't go and attend that strip club. You know you're not supposed to do that, but you're still wanting to go along with them as far as you can and enjoy their fellowship, enjoy their music, enjoy their conversation. You still want to live according to your sinful nature. You're a pleaser. I understand that. Most of my life, I was a a sick pleaser. I tried to keep everybody happy all the time. You know what? I don't try to keep anybody happy anymore. I try to keep people holy. And when I see unholiness, I'm going to talk about it. When I see sin, I'm going to identify it kindly. Not out of self, but out of the spirit of the living God. I'm going to say, are you, are you sure you want to go that way? Are you sure you want to live that way? Are you sure you want to think that way? Are you sure you want to do those things? They're going to end up causing you great pain and suffering. A Buddhist said to me, I don't believe in your Jesus. And all I could respond is, then you're going to go into a great deal of pain and suffering in your life, and I'd, I'd like to spare you from that. I want you to understand the love and mercy and compassion that, that flows in Jesus Christ. It doesn't flow in Buddha. Buddha is like Moses, in a way, a, a steer. Do this, don't do that. Oh, Buddhism does teach letting go of the self, but then there's no life to come out of that. There's no power to come out of that. And so you end up dead. He says, for if you live 
according to the sinful nature. If you think you have an obligation, if you think you have a debt to your family to go sit with them and watch wicked movies, if you think you have a debt that you need to go and and go places that you you don't want to go, but they want you to go, and for friendship's sake, you'll go, and you'll do things that you know you should not be doing. If you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. I've been praying a lot about this asking the Lord to reveal to me any place in my life where I am still living according to this self-life. And can I tell you one place where I struggle? It's easy for me to enter into judgment against myself. But let me tell you what happens when I do that. I become dead. When I enter into harsh judgments about Ray, about Ray Greenley, and believe me, I've said much worse about me than you could ever say. When I enter into those judgments against myself, I am siding with the devil against me. I'm not siding with God. I'm siding with the devil. He comes as an angel of light, saying, look, this is what you've done. You're wrong. You better feel bad. You better condemn yourself. You are an idiot. No, I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. And neither are you. Unless you follow the ways of darkness and allow the devil to judge you and push you away from Jesus push you into a self-life that is destructive. I saw one person. They're absolutely determined to live with drugs and to live with alcohol. I did everything I could to convince that person that they should leave the drugs behind and leave the alcohol behind, that it was going to destroy them. But because of all of the condemnation in their heart, because they felt so bad about themselves, they did this to ease the pain, to numb them out. And I said to this person, if you continue down this road, you will soon die. And I'm pleading with you. Would you choose life and love? Would you choose family? Would you choose what is good? And this person chose the alcohol. And I did his funeral with great sorrow of heart. With a heartbrokenness, I did his funeral as he died of his alcoholism. A young man. 
what does your self-life look like? It's the sinful nature. At the very heart of it, it's simply self, pride, self. I'm in charge of my life. I'll go where I want to go. I'll do what I want to do. And Jesus will forgive me. No, he won't. He will for a while. He'll show you great kindness. He'll bless your life. But finally, he'll give you over to that thing. Read Romans, the first chapter. He finally will give you over, and you will be consumed by that darkness, by that anguish and pain caused by your self-life. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And I read you the hit list of, of all the things that are involved in the body, including anger, bitterness, hardness, uncleanness, sexual impurity. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. He's calling you to end your self-life. He's calling you to surrender, to totally, completely submit and stop trying to control Stop trying to pass judgment on husband, wife, children, boss, co-workers, friends, family. Give up your judgments. One person, they were telling me about what they had said to another person. And they were saying, I told them, you should not be doing it this way. It was not fair to do it that way. I said, you you want to be mama to that person. You're not mama. You can help a child by correcting them sometimes in that way, but it even then is not helpful. What would happen in your life if if you just absolutely made a decision right now that you will give up your self-life. Pretty radical concept, isn't it? That you're not going to judge anyone again. Every decision you make is going to flow out of a heart of love, out of a heart for the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say something else before we run out of time. What I'm talking about today is where you no longer operate your life about you. Instead, you operate and make decisions based on setting your mind on Jesus Christ. You no longer will make any choice or any decision 
based on what you want, on yourself, on what is in your interest. Instead, you will set your heart on Jesus and you will ask, is this in the interest of Jesus? Does this build his kingdom? Does this thinking about myself encourage my life in Jesus and cause me to weep with joy for his love and compassion and mercy for me? Or am I going to be like a bump on a log, not moved, angry, condemned? One person put a live chat up. Judge not, lest we be judged. Help us, Lord, not to judge others or to be harsher on them than ourselves. But it's also being harsh on ourselves. Jesus wants you to treat you gently as you focus entirely upon him and his love for you. Jesus loves you. Are you willing today to give up yourself and focus on Jesus? Are you a slave? Are you a slave to sin today? Are you a sin to yourself? Are you a... How should I put it? Are you a slave to what you want? Or do you belong to Jesus? You have to decide. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. I'm glad you were with me today. Please take time and carefully examine your life and ask the question, is there any area of self-life still in me? where I make decisions on what is best for me and not what is best for Jesus and his kingdom? If so, repent of that thing and ask Jesus by the Spirit, by the blood, to remove it from you that everything in your heart could be utterly given over to Jesus, that the self-life would die and it would be Jesus' life in you and for you. Lord, I lift up today your people. And I lift up those today who are not Christians. And I ask, Lord, in your great mercy, that you would show them the ugliness of their self-life and call them to come and enter into your love and mercy and compassion that you would turn us from our self-life, that you would turn us from our sinful nature, that we could see its ugliness, that we would cast it out, cast it off, throw it away. Lord, have your way today. I thank you for your mercy and your, your kindness. Please, Jesus, have your way. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm so glad you've been listening today. I pray this was helpful to you. Would you write to me? 
National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also invite you to go to our our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. Well, we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit tomorrow. We're going to talk about not receiving a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sonship and family. I urge you read carefully the entire eighth chapter of Romans in preparation for tomorrow. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. Share this with a friend or family and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.